0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Therefore, verse 12, chapter 2 of Philippians, we talked last time about how the key to promotion is humbling ourselves. We humble ourselves, as Jesus did, by becoming obedient. Not by becoming self-absorbed and demanding that our way gets done, but by becoming obedient and serving. Now today we see in verse 12, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence also, But now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Boy, what a troubling verse that is. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now that's more like it. Let's stop there for just a minute and decide what this verse is not saying. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He's not saying you can save yourself. The Word of God is very clear, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It is by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourself. No self-effort will get you there. It is received as a gift from God. What he's saying here is now that you are saved, now that you are in Christ, He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What he means there, another thing he doesn't mean fear and trembling there doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to be afraid of him. 365 times in Scripture, the Bible says, do not fear. So God is not saying, I want you to be afraid of me. The word fear there means a reverential awe. And all that is in reverence. It is the ultimate respect to the Lord of your life. He's saying, I want you to recognize in reverential awe and with great respect that you don't treat the Lord casually, that you begin to live out the salvation He's given you with a spirit of reverence, of awe, of humility. Of gratitude. Now notice he says here I'm not there or I'm not around anymore. Where was Paul? Oh, I know I taught you this six weeks ago and you've you've forgotten. Where was Paul when he wrote the letter to the Philippians? All right. In a Roman prison. He said, I'm not there for you guys to ask questions and to observe. He said, but now much more in my absence. I want you to live out this salvation the Lord's given you with a spirit of awe and respect. And it is, you know what he's also saying? There are no easy answers to some of the issues and dilemmas that you're going to face as you live out your salvation. You're not going to go to this book today and see God say, thus saith the Lord, thou shalt sell thy house and move to Oak Street. It ain't in there. You have got to come before the Lord and say, Lord, I recognize that all that I am and all that I have is yours I ask you to direct my steps in the matter of this decision, and I ask you to give me the internal witness and the external oversight, the internal witness of your spirit and the external oversight of the doors that I'm supposed to go through and the ones I'm supposed to run from. But notice where you start first is internally what is the spirit of God saying to you internally he says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is notice the next verse it is God who is at work where where in you to do what to will and to do of his good pleasure everybody say this with me my will is under the influence of the Spirit of God. Do you know that? Here's the question. Is your will under the control of the Spirit of God? See, the Bible says to walk by the Spirit. The Bible says if we have the Spirit, we ought to walk by the Spirit. So it's not just enough to be under the influence of the Spirit of God We must submit control to the Spirit of God because He doesn't force that on us. It is invited, but it is not something that is forced. God is at work. So what I want to know is, Lord, if you're at work in me right now, I want to hear on the inside by your Spirit, I want to hear that which is in line with your holy word, What are you saying that you want to do? What do you want to do? We should ask ourselves that question over and over again. Lord, if you are at work in me and I believe your word, what do you want to do? You're at work to will. You're at work in my will. What is your willer telling you? See, it's possible not to have any direction because you don't have a clue what you want. Have you taken the time to listen to your inner man enough to know not just what your eyes see, not just what your ears hear, but what you really want deep down on the inside of you? What do you really want? What is the Lord at work to will inside of you? Notice he's not only at work in you to will, but he's also at work to do. His good pleasure. You know what that means? The Holy Spirit is not only desiring intimacy and fellowship with you so that you can receive everything that He has to offer, His love, His grace, His patience, His forgiveness, but He wants to also give you His direction. If you'll trust in Him with all your heart and not lean on your own understanding, He will direct your steps. And God is at work to do of his good pleasure. You know what that means? Sometimes when you're seeking to know what to do, there's not only internal witness in your willer, that is, in your inner man, but God is also at work on the exterior in your life circumstances to close and open doors and opportunities to accomplish his own good pleasure. God is at work on the inside of you, and he's at work on the outside of you. You know what most of us need is we need more spiritual discernment to be able to read what God is doing in the arena of our circumstances. What are you doing? What are you doing? And I want to tell you something. You've got to learn to give more evidence to the internal witness than you do the external pressures that are put out there from you by other people. How many of you know that most everybody has their own agenda? And a lot of times what people want want you to do is really not God's highest and best for you. So learn to grow up and to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might so that what you know He is telling you, you are not talked out of by somebody telling you what you ought to do. Listen and give more weight to the internal witness. Pastor, how in the world do I do that living in the world that I live in? you got to invest some time and effort in prayer and and listening to the Word of God and worship uh, to hear the voice of God clearly. you just can't check in once a month and expect, okay, everything's clear now. No. No. God is at work in you to will and to do. God, what are you telling me? Okay, I believe that my next right, and you know what? It's okay to struggle. You don't hear many pastors tell you that. It's okay to struggle. That's not sin. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, that is sin to struggle. I'm having a hard time really determining what the Lord's will is for me. That's okay. That doesn't mean that you're an inferior Christian or you don't have any faith. Sometimes the Lord won't answer you right away and you will have to struggle because out of struggle something's being developed that you're not going to get any other way. When you have to sometimes struggle and wrestle with the things of God and the voice of God, those are times when over time you get stronger. I have a problem with those who just always seem to always hear the voice of God clearly. I mean, they don't even take a right or left out of the driveway unless God, I mean, God told me to turn right. All right, I turn right. God told me to turn left. I did this. Well, God told me to do... Gee, well, I can't enter into that. I, that's hard for me to, I, I don't get that. Now, if you're that way, if you walk in that, I mean, I'm not, I'm not telling you that something's wrong with you. I'm just telling you sometimes you're going to struggle if you're like most of us. Keep on pursuing the Lord. Let Him do what He wants to develop on the inside of you for your strength. Verse 14, do all things without complaining or disputing. Oh my. Anybody in here who's never complained? We call you out as a liar if you raise your hand. <laughs> oh boy, this is a big one, isn't it? Do all things without complaining. And disputing, arguing and complaining. Why? That you may become blameless and harmless children of God. And harmless means that you don't cause harm to people through complaining and arguing. Children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights. Holding fast the word of life. Did you get that Lawrence? You know what he's saying Lawrence? You don't think I'm young enough to go to high school, do you? (laughs) You get the root of what he's saying to all of us? Complaining and arguing will keep you from doing your assignment to be light in this world. It will so poison your attitude that you won't have an opportunity for others to see Jesus through your business, through your school, through your ministry. Arguing and complaining will poison the inner atmosphere of your spirit and your attitude will turn people away from hearing about Jesus. Oh boy. Everybody say it with me. According to the Word, arguing and complaining will hurt the Lord and hurt me. Pastor, I wish you wouldn't go over those verses. I know it. How many of you know, though, that we have an opportunity to receive the forgiveness of the Lord? How many of you know that in the Lord there's forgiveness of all sin and there's grace? That is, there is the ability to live life without poisoning my attitude so that I can become light to those God has assigned into my life. Do you know what your mission is? Do you know what your ministry is? Don't make it so mysterious. When the Word says, work out your own salvation, that is, live it out, learn to listen to the uh, Listen, the reason this is so difficult sometimes is because this is not a course that you take with tests to pass. This is a relationship to build. This is about a relationship being built between you and the Lord. And how many of you know, in any great relationship, there is struggle involved. And so learn to stay in there in your relationship with the Lord. Ask Him to help you, to give you, those, to, to give you the grace to keep on taking the next right step when you don't understand. Ask Him to give you the grace to trust Him and the will to trust Him when you don't get it. When you're worn out, you don't want to go any farther. It is a relationship. And in every relationship, there are challenges. The best relationships have challenges. If you don't have any yet, you will. Here's the, here's the, here's the kicker. So many make the, the will of God and His assignment so mysterious. Pastor, how do I know if God is really... My assignment from him. Let me ask you a question. How are you wired? No, how, how is your personality wired? Do you are you okay? Are you good with being up front? Or would you absolutely cringe to have to come up in front of people? Are you completely a background person? How are you wired? That's going to tell you a little bit of something about how your assignment from the Lord is going to play out. How's your personality? We've got leaders in here, strong leaders. We have people with natural ability and supernatural ability, spiritual gifts of leadership. We have many of you who are called and gifted with the gift of helps. That means you don't want to be out front. You want to make sure that you help support from behind the scenes so things can be done. And all of those are just as valuable as anything else. But how are you wired? What has been your experiences? Where are you from? What was your growing up experiences? What, were your pa- what parents did God give you? Were they present or absent? Do you understand that a lot of what God is going to give you the grace to do is something that was wounded or lacking in your past? Your pain is eventually going to become your platform. How, what experiences have you had? They're going to be a part of something that will be a magnetic draw to other people. What are your desires? What are you passionate about? What can you talk all day long about and never wear out? What is it that lights your fire, cranks your motor? You are, boy, when you get into this subject, you're in another level. You're energized. What are you passionate about? At some point, God, who is at work in you, is going to use that as a platform, a magnet, common ground, if you will, to minister to somebody else who has the same interests. Do you know what your spiritual gift is? Well, wouldn't it be helpful to maybe investigate what that is because every believer has at least one and most believers have more than one. Have you investigated yours? There are manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit listed for you in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. There's motivational gifts, that is how you're spiritually wired, listed for you in Romans chapter 12. There are office gifts for people like me listed for you in Ephesians 4. Some of you may receive a calling like that, who knows. But have you ever really investigated and asked the Holy Spirit to let you know and you know what? The Bible also says in 1 Corinthians 14 that you should earnestly desire spiritual gifts, plural. That you should earnestly desire them. Now the Word tells me to earnestly desire them. So if I'm going to walk with the Lord, I need to get in line with that scripture, do I not? Say, God, give me any gift that you desire to, to, for me to... To operate in now, remember this: the gifts don't belong to you; they belong to Him. But He entrusts you with them. You're a steward of them, and if you're a steward of something, that means you bec- you need to become highly developed in the use of it. So, wouldn't it make sense that I should find out what is my spiritual gift? You know what that means? I've got a supernatural advantage. When I am walking in my spiritual gift. I have a supernatural advantage. God puts his stamp of blessing. And I am supernaturally empowered. By God in the spiritual gifts that I have. We need to learn to walk in them. And embrace them. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. We'll continue our study in Philippians next week. Would you stand? You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.